0: Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes and
1: discover real facts about the amazing people who brought the shows to life. I'm Jessica, IMDb Maven, and the person who reads everything in a theater program.
0: And I'm Jacob, writer, producer, and seniorly detective logic cop investigation. Each week, we watch a show and try to immediately guess who done it without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy.
1: Then we spoil every. Thing, we not only tell you who did it but also who made it
0: and since watching TV is always better with friends tell us your guesses scores and will actually at clue it on Twitter and Facebook and clue done it podcast on Instagram
1: all right let's find out
0: who was right
1: who was wrong
0: and who is dead okay. so. What are we doing this week? Who Today, do we got this
1: week? We are watching Grimm.
0: Grimm, Hooray for Grimm. Grimm is a Grimm was described as a fantasy police procedural. But basically what it boils down to is suck at Disney, you don't own fairy tales. <laughs>
1: You're not the boss of me. Yeah, this was NBC's uh, middle finger, I yeah,
0: guess. Yeah, AB, this is, so ABC had Once Upon a Time, which debuted the 23rd, October 23rd or something like that, in 2011. And then Grimm debuted like five days later. Yeah, October the same 28th. Year. There you go. See, that yeah. would be five days from October 23rd. I'm glad I remembered that correctly. Yeah, good
1: job. Wow.
0: <laughs> Research, it pays off.
1: I wonder if actors auditioning at that time were like... Where am I
0: going for which, this? Which, which one am I doing?
1: There's show?
0: there's something about fairy tales in the real world. Which one are which one are you on? I just, cast cast I just got I cast did. as the lead. I just got cast as the lead. Oh man, that would have been a great great little bar scene. We'll come back that We'll workshop that in the second part of the show. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> so Grim. Grim follows our hero Nick, who's just a regular old detective on the Portland police force until one day he discovers that he's actually descended from a long line of Grimms, as in Grimms fairy tales. Fairy tale creatures, apparently named Vessin, have been hiding among us this whole time, and Nick is able to see them. And of course, Bad Vessin, like the Big Bad Wolf, exists and are behind a lot of gruesome murders and crimes in Portland. So the Dream of the 1790s is also alive in Portland. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you, went a long Jacob. way for that one. You I, really wa- did I walked a long it. way for that it. joke. Oh my god. <laughs> there
0: is a there's a lot more in show mythology. They developed a lot of rules and mythology and stories over the six years of the show. We don't have time to go into all that. So just just understand, fairy tales are alive. They're doing crimes in Portland. Cop solves modern-day fairy tale murders. Bam. That's all you need to know.
1: So, well, I am curious, though, because we didn't watch all the season. Do they cover the Brothers Grimm? Because it's the Brothers Grimm's fairy tale. Fairy tales. Oh, all those S's, I'm sorry. All those
0: S's, it's quite all right. Possessives. Possessives.
1: Right, it's the Brothers Grimm.
0: It is the Brothers Grimm's? There Do were two Brothers cover Grimm, yes.
1: Do that, like his ancient family or You know, or I
0: don't know. I didn't um, see anything about that. Okay. I know that, I mean, family comes in. A, at one point, one of the people in the show, who we'll get to... But at one point, one of the people on the show is literally an Austrian prince, like really? Yes, a bastard prince, and I'll wow. let you guess which one it is after we deal with all this stuff. But um. yeah, like the the Baroque mythology and family ties through this whole thing is just insane. <laughs> it's really great.
1: Yeah, I, it's also hilarious to me that this is all taking place in Portland, Oregon. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: why is okay? Now see, I think that makes perfect sense. It why does? is this Yeah. I, I mean,
1: like Grimm's that's Germanic, right? Yes isn't it? Yes. okay So they all just came over and oh, traveled that, the yeah. entire length of the United States yes. and were like Portland seems nice. <laughs>
0: I don't know why there are perhaps more in Portland, but yes, they talk about immigration. And like, again, the character, I'm just going to say it. The police chief is actually a bastard son of a king. He and his mother fled to America when they were trying to kill him in the old country. And there is talk about certain characters, like how they came over from Europe. But like, literally, there are scenes that take place in Austria.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) It gets baroque.
1: Okay, okay. Wow, all right.
0: So, is there? do you want to talk about anything before I start talking about the cast?
1: Well, I was just going to say six seasons, 123 episodes, and we're watching it on Prime.
0: We're watching it on Amazon Prime, and we are watching season four, episode 11?
1: Yeah, it's called Death Do Us Part, and it premiered January 30th, 2015. The episode log line, scroll, scroll, scroll is Rosalie and Monroe finally go on their honeymoon Nick and Hank investigate a shocking homicide at an abandoned and supposedly haunted residence and Renard seeks help from a mystical woman there so, you go so that now let a find whole out lot who of these people are
0: yeah That is a whole lot of names that you know nothing about, Unless you watch the show. Unless you watch the show. But so for people who don't, though, let's uh, let's talk about who these people, who is on our crime fighting team or in some places, the perpetrators of the crimes. So as previously mentioned, Nick is our lead. He is a grim. He is the one who can see the fairy creatures, but who is not a fairy creature himself. This seems a little weird to me, like if fairy creatures can tell each other are fairy creatures, why does there need to be a special human who can tell that fairy creatures are? Mm-hmm. I don't understand it, but there you go. Before the start of the show, he couldn't. His aunt dies. Somehow the power gets transferred into him. Who knows? I Actually, I take that back. I'm sure they talk about this in the show. We just didn't watch all the episodes. In any event, mm. he learns. He can see who these fairies, are, these fairy creatures are, which, again, they call Vessin and other crazy words. But he is a cop. He's a homicide detective. He's your basic, square-jawed, morally upstanding guy with an overdeveloped sense of responsibility. That's, you know, he's your standard TV cop. Good yeah. guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nick Burkhart... His actual last name is not Graham. is played by David Guintoli. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Sure. He is born in Wisconsin. He moved to St. Louis. Went to a Jesuit high school there, St. Louis University High School. And he went to the Indi- University of Indiana, I think, some school in Indiana, and got a BA in finance. And then decided to move to L.A. and be an actor.
0: Sure, because that's what you do. It's the <laughs> classical study study finance and learn yeah. all the things about the money you won't have because you're going to be an actor.
1: Except that he was on a hit show. He was TV on a show. hit show
0: for six years, so yeah. never mind. Now yeah. he can manage his money. Good for him.
1: <laughs> his first credited roles were in 2007 on The Ghost Whisperer and Veronica Mars. Yay! And then in 2008, his career kind of just... He just blew up. He had like 10 credits in a year, which very rarely happens for new TV actors. Usually you have like two credits, and that's good. And he had like 10 in that one year. And then shortly after that, in 2011, he got Grim. And now he's been on three seasons of A Million Little Things. Oh! Which is about a group of friends who their friend dies, and it inspires them to live their life.
0: He commits suicide. Oh, is that what I'm Yeah, but you learn that in the teaser. Oh,
1: Okay. Anyway, so yeah, he's so he's on, on two successful TV shows.
0: Good for him. That's Nick. He's our cop. His partner on the police force is Detective Hank Griffin. He's not he's not the only person of color on the show. But he might be the only character on the show who doesn't develop any kind of superpowers or get touched by fairy magic or change into any other thing. He's just he's just a straight guy the whole way through It's pretty crazy. yeah he's just eternally stuck into being the straight
1: sidekick. huh So Russell Hornsby is plays Hank Griffin and um, which and by I, the
0: way I want I want to call him for a second there. Hank Griffin. Griffin. Great name,
1: yeah. Great last name. name Griffin, a mythical beast.
0: Yes,
1: and they never do anything with Not that, that I could for see. six seasons. For
0: six seasons, that's
1: crazy. Uh, he was born in Oakland. Woohoo! Hey, Shout out, some love. yeah. Uh, he went to St. Mary's College High School in Berkeley. He was a football player. Then mm. he went to BU for undergrad. Wow, and that's a leap. Yeah, and then he went to grad school at the British American Drama Academy at Oxford, Ooh. and then from there he moved to NYC to New York. And he did a lot of theater, including to be to Kill a Mockingbird and Jitney. And uh, oh, he was in Jitney? Yeah, and oh, he got an Obie Award for and a Drama Desk Award for his role in Jitney. And then he did, of course, Law and Order and all right. the Right, you're New, New York, York and shows. an actor,
0: you're going to get in Law and Order. Yeah,
1: and then he moved to LA, and his breakout role, I mean, pretty immediately, was a doctor on uh, Gideon's Crossing with Andre Bauer. From Brooklyn, oh, yeah. who when, now eventually we, went on to Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine yeah, and then later and 24. on, twenty four. He so Russell Hornsby has been on a million TV shows. Like he's got he that's
0: fucking fantastic, and
1: like so many episodes. Like he'll have arcs, or he's a lead, or so he so I, like I said, Gideon's Crossing, and then uh, later on he did Link. He was in the movie Fences, which is directed by Denzel, isn't it? I think
0: you're right. I Um, think it was, yes. And
1: then he was in Big Fat Liar, and he was also in Creed 2. He must be a super nice guy. And, you know, I'm um, partial because he's from Oakland.
0: Absolutely. So, of course, Nick has a love interest. And, of course, she's named Juliet because true love forever. Her character goes through a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. She doesn't, at first, she doesn't know Nick has superpowers, but then she does. But then she gets amnesia. But then she remembers. But then in season four, due to magic and hand waving, she becomes one of the bad guys and tries to kill Nick. But for she, in turn, is shot and killed. But she comes back in season five. The actress plays a different character with all of Juliet's memories. This line from Wikipedia describing how she just let me read this line to you. Her ability to feel emotions is returning after Nick healed her with a stick. (laughs) That's it. Healed her with a stick period. (laughs) There's no, no description of how or what even happened or what the stick was. (laughs) Maybe maybe they do. I don't
1: know. Like, his or, as they say in Game of Thrones, his pillar and stones.
0: <laughs> I don't know. All I know is she feels her emotions returning after Nick healed her with a wand? stick.
1: Still stick, <laughs> still stick. Okay. Uh,
0: so Julia, she's loyal, supportive. Is this when she
1: becomes Eve? Because yes, yes, that is slash Eve. That is when she's okay. Eve.
0: She's Eve in season, in season five and six. So.
1: I'm sure, when you're watching the show, you're like, oh yeah,
0: huh? Sure. Sure, sure, but sure, sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, when you write you when you read it, it's for the summary. <laughs> okay.
0: It's ridiculous. She's loyal, she's supportive.
1: Okay. So Juliet Silverton is played by Elizabeth Tullock. T-U-L-L-O-C-H. Her big breakout role was Sam Foreman's Quarter Life, which was 20 sort of experimental TV episodes. Huh, um, okay. I didn't read a whole lot about it, but it sounds like it was really cool. And they ex- expected it to just sort of be like this small indie thing. And then it got picked up by NBC. And she is currently famous for being on the CW and playing Lois Lane in all of their DC TV oh, shows. Oh, cool. That's neat. So she played Lois Lane in The Arrow, in DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and The Flash, and Supergirl, and more.
0: Oh, so well, they're doing They're also doing a new Lois and Clark show. I wonder if she's oh, in that as well. She
1: is in that as well. Okay, great. Yes. That makes sense. Her breakout role, this is crazy, was in R2-D2 Beneath the Dome, which is a mockumentary produced by George Lucas about R2-D2. <laughs>
0: I had to hold my breath to stop from laughing so hard. I would like cut you out there. That is fantastic.
1: So who is she in that? I'm sorry. I have to look that up. I don't know. Okay, (laughs) fair
0: enough. That's fine. Um, That's your homework, dear listener. Look up who she was in Under the Dome. Yeah.
1: She uh, used to go by the name Bitsy Taluk, which is not, I thought, everybody apparently thinks it's usually, uh, that it's a, um, it's a. Nickname? diminutive mm-hmm. of Elizabeth, but it isn't. It's actually her, it was her grandfather's nickname. He was a fighter pilot in World War II. And,
0: and that was his call was sign. He was called Bitsy. He's Bitsy. <laughs> <laughs> Coming, bitsy, how is the bombing run going? <laughs> well, we had some big bombs and we had some itsy-bitsy bombs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would be interesting to find out yeah. why that is. And she is married to her co-star, David who plays nick really yeah and they have two kids or they have multiple kids at least Uh, oh that they have more than one
0: that is lovely (laughs) that is good for them
1: yeah yeah Um, and and she might have been pregnant during the show
0: i wonder maybe if she like got some episodes off and that was part of the whole like she disappeared for a while and came back as somebody else
1: and became eve
0: interesting
1: yeah who knows yeah, yeah. If you
0: know, let yeah. us know. <laughs> all right. So there's Juliet. That's the romantic interest, and of course, Nick has a friend on the fairy side of things. Sorry, Vessin side of things, and that's Monroe. Monroe is a wolf-like Vesson who plays the. He's the funny sidekick and font of all things exposition. He's a wolf. He would be a big, bad wolf, except he keeps that side in check through Pilates and building clocks. He's big and he's goofy and he's a hoot. I love him.
1: Yeah, he is really a hoot. Um, and I was like, why do I recognize this guy? Well, he is a very distinct character actor. And I, turns out, recognize him from one of his very early works. He is in like every freaking TV show imaginable because he is funny But he can also, that can like really cross into crazy. And Uh so you can really get him, he can really play like drama, like kind of like a psychotic kind of, I'm sorry if that's an offensive word, but he can kind of, he can do both sides of that fence there Uh, and horror. So it gets him a ton of guest stars and he's on a lot of procedural TV, CSI, Nash Bridges, NYPD, Mentalist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera,
0: et cetera. Excellent. Excellent. Cool. Well he Monroe is married to Rosalie and she's the resident nerd. Oh, <laughs> she's
1: <is> she? <laughs> she's a
0: reformed criminal slash drug addict. Who runs i I'm not kidding. She runs a spice shop and apothecary. She's the one who's like able to consult old books and spells and explain some woo-woo stuff. Like, well, I found this spell, and if we use this hat and do this at the full moon, we'll be able to reverse you losing your powers. But you're going to have to change her into somebody else and sleep with your mortal enemy. But it won't be your. She's that character. She,
1: okay. All right. Well, she... Oh, 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 I'm sorry.
0: She is also a Vesson, and she turns into a Fox person.
1: So Brie Turner plays Rosalie, and her dad was a pro football player. He played on a lot of different teams, and they eventually settled in Northern California. She studied dance at UCLA, and I think while she was there, she developed a... She auditioned and got a ton of roles, and she had a very distinguished career as a dancer in film TV I think she did concert tours and very she did all the khaki commercials for Gap. Oh um, yeah,
0: when they were doing all the swing dance and yeah, everything. That yeah, in that phase.
1: Yeah, but she w- decided she wanted to be an actor. So she went to London and studied acting and then she came back to the US and started getting a lot of roles in comedy. And so I think that's probably why she's great on this show and great opposite Monroe because they're both
0: Yeah, they're both the comedic foils of the show, absolutely.
1: So she got her breakout in uh, Deuce Bigelow, and then Sorority Boys.
0: (laughs) All right, so in addition to, I mean, over six seasons, there are layers upon layers of bad guys and relationships, and who's bad who, and who's made alliances and everything, and that's not even talking about the monster of the week, but... There is one bad guy who starts out bad and is a foil pretty much the entire season, and that the is Nick's show? on the show. Yes, oh, I'm okay. sorry for the yeah. entire show. Yes, and that is Nick's boss at the police department, Captain Sean Renard. So in literature, Renard the Fox is a hero of these medieval kind of like poem stories, which kind of satirize daily life right. and. He is the Encyclopedia Britannica. I didn't just go to Wikipedia. I went to Britannica (laughs) people. (laughs) So the Encyclopedia Britannica says that Renard is sly, amoral, cowardly, and self-seeking, although sometimes his cunning is a necessity for survival. And Renard in the show is all of those things. He's literally two-faced because he's also, he's not a Vesson. He's a Zauber beast, which oh. is like a male warlock who can change oh. forms, but is Jeez. also magical. But he pretends to be an ally to Nick while simultaneously plotting against him. He's just, he's a good villain. He's one of those slimy, no good, eminently capable, dangerous bad guys that you just he's love to have really on dangerous. the show. I mean,
1: He was going to kill Nick and his oh, aunt all in the, the first time. episode. Yeah, in the
0: first episode, he's already gunning for him. So yeah, no, that's Captain Renard.
1: Wow. Well, Captain Renard is played by Sasha Royce. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I apologize. He was raised in Montreal. So I, and he went to the, is it the Guildhall? Guild? I think it's the Guildhall School of Drama in London, which is a famous acting school. And he has done a lot of procedurals, castle, Warehouse 13, NCIS, Taken Lucifer, I mean episodes. Episodes. You know, okay, like yeah, guest yeah, stars. Yeah. Lately, he's done a bunch of episodes for suits, for departure. He done in a couple episodes of 911. And he he's done movies, most notably to me. He was in Pompeii, which is a Kit Harrington vehicle. <laughs> so I kind of want to watch it. But it's funny to me that he's from Montreal, and so he probably has like a slight bit of like quote-unquote, foreigner accent. And so that always
0: makes... Right. Can in be, America, can be they're always ready, like... really mysterious.
1: <laughs> really mysterious, and villainous. And he has a look, like his face. Oh, yeah. Like, he can play villainous very easily. So, yeah, that's him.
0: All right. So there you go. We are watching... Again, we're watching season four, episode 11. Do you want to hit us with a logline one more time, see if it makes any more sense? Yeah.
1: Rosalie... Rosalie Palmer and Monroe dancer, the and Monroe the
0: the wolf vessel. Wolf,
1: wolf So he's not a werewolf, he's just a wolf. He, he's Yeah, not he's a not wolf. a
0: werewolf. He doesn't turn into a wolf under the full moonlight. He can he can be this wolf-type creature. Yes. Oh,
1: uh, okay. They finally go oh, like Red Riding Hood. Yes. Okay.
0: But he is not the big bad wolf from the Red Riding Hood episode. Right. But that is
1: yeah, that is a challenge of the, this show is that if you start watching it and you're like, oh, here's a fairy tale, then you're like, well, I can kind of guess the ending. Yeah. But you can't because you you ne- haven't necessarily met the,
0: right. yeah. you know. But there are definite clues like, oh, this is the fairy tale they're going. On the other hand, on the other hand, to, to call these fairy tales or like to think that they're ripping off a fairy tale is No. <laughs> it's they're very liberal in how they adapt the fairy tales. So, yeah.
1: oh, okay. So, Rosalie and Monroe finally go on their honeymoon. Nick and Hank investigate a shocking homicide at an abandoned and supposedly haunted residence, and Renard, the uh, captain, seeks help from a mystical woman.
0: All right, we'll be back with some guesses.
1: So we, we just here. <laughs> watched. Here we go. We just watched. The beginning of the show. And we watched it right up until the credits, which we knew in a lot of these TV procedurals, that's as far as we would probably watch because that's as far as you get with and, the first and, murder.
0: And honestly, it is it is it is our perfect chef's kiss kind of way to do this because, yes. you know, here are some characters. Here's who's dead. You know nothing. Go. Because what uh, my... Well, Personal yes. tagline. My my like phrase around all this is clues are for chumps. Oh,
1: <laughs> well, we originally called the show Wild Ass Guess. Well, that's true. It which, was originally Wild well, <laughs> <were> <laughs> like, "What does that mean? What do any of these names no, mean?" It was,
0: but what does any of these names? But yes, but there you go. So. We know nothing. This is what we know. This is what we know. What we know is there is a group of ghost hunters, college age ghost hunters, one uh, white kid, one male, one white female, and uh, one black guy. And they are three of them all heading into into this haunted house. The white guy kind of looks like Dean from Gilmore Girls, also from Supernatural, but he's not Dean in Supernatural. His brother is Dean in Supernatural. (laughs) In any event, kind of looks like him. He's pretentious. other two characters kind of give him a gentle ribbing and they're like we're gonna cut around that they go into a house the legend of the house the legend of the house is that there was a couple who lived inside it and they were found murdered electrocuted just zapped to a blackened husk all wrapped up in each other's arms teeth exploded out of their skulls like nasty but then apparently the husband the male in this formula somehow is still there haunting the house trying to find his love yeah and they're gonna go in and they're gonna try and find this ghost and no matter what happens they're gonna keep filming because that's what these ghost hunters do Yeah. Uh, meanwhile back at the ranch nick has come home but juliet is not there juliet is worried because she's turning into a
1: juliet is not there she is secretly secretly at renard's beautiful freaking Oh my God, you can afford that as captain of the police force in Portland home. And she is showing him to his somewhat horror how she turns into this... use. I a think witch? it's called a
0: hexen beast. She's a oh. witch. She's she's not exactly. She doesn't turn into like a fairyland animal, but she has s- other powers, and she's kind of a witch. So yes, she turns into a. Uh, I think it's a Hexenbeast. Is yeah, what she it
1: sort into. of is reminiscent of the Red Witch in Game of Thrones when she takes her necklace off, and all of a sudden she's three hundred years old, and you're like, oh.
0: Yeah, she's not. She's not super old, but she does look like she looks like a corpse, and she looks like a kind of a zombie, kind of an evil zombie kind yeah. of thing going on there. Yeah. So yeah. We don't and know she's if-
1: like, what's going on with me? i don't know it started happening when you and then there was all yeah. this exposition about things that have happened in past episodes that we right. don't know about
0: that we don't know about but like yes but like apparently renard's mother started this whole thing when she put a spell on her to help her get nick's powers back uh, who knows that's kind of what's going on there i may find more about that monroe and rosalie are off it's not rosalie is it it's yeah Ro- monroe and rosalie are off on their honeymoon And then we go back to the ghost hunters, and the ghost hunters are in the house, and they do the classic Scooby-Doo thing of everybody, let's split up. Yes. Don't split the party, people. (laughs) If Dungeons & Dragons has taught us anything, don't split the party. They split the party. Doofus uh, goes upstairs, proclaiming portentously the whole way about how there is danger up there, so he must go up there. Meanwhile, the other two characters stay downstairs. They all turn on their electromagnetic frequency meters, So they're like, if something's going to happen, we're going to see it right here. And we promise we'll keep on filming. So they go out to their various rooms. And they suddenly see that power is coming on, flickering in these rooms. The lights are coming on and flickering. The stove is turning on. And the needle on their EMF meters, are it's just buried. It's in the red. It's never been in the red before. But it's in the red. Now they're getting really freaked out. They don't know what to do. It's... Genuinely, a very tense scene. Yeah, it's very nice, it's a lot of fun. And uh, while this is happening, something attacks the doofus upstairs. He gets attacked, and like lightning or electricity comes from the body, goes into the doofus's body. Everybody's screaming. They're calling to like get out of the house, and the people downstairs like get to the sta- to get to the bottom of the stairs. And doofus's body is thrown to the bottom of the stairs, charred to a crisp, electrocuted. Everybody screams. And teaser
1: yeah so there
0: you go oh and one final thing so mm-hmm. the show always the show always starts with a quote from a story that they're kind of going to be riffing on while they're doing this and so today's episode is brought to you not by Grimm's Fairy Tales but by Leo Tolstoy the quote is he felt now that he was not simply close to her but that he did not know where he ended and she began it's from Anna Karenina I believe um I think that's what it is. Anyways, I have never read Anna Karenina, so I don't know. But that's what the, that's what the Google says it's from Leo Tolstoy. So there you go. That's what we know. Let's get to some guessing. Yeah. And I, I so I so I just wanna like Okay, so what have we got? We've got Tolstoy, we've got an affair. We've got, because I think Anna Karenina is about an affair. I think that's what's happening in Anna yeah. Karenina. There's some kind and
1: of like. we know that the episode is called Death to Us Part. Death to
0: Us Part. So there's some mm-hmm. kind of relationship on it. Mm-hmm. And there, we also know there's electricity. That is what we know. Mm-hmm. And so we just got it. Like, like my problem is, is that I, I, I read, I don't, I won't say that I read all of Grimm's fairy tales, but I read a lot of it. I read a lot of those ones.
1: And you said there are, are many.
0: And there are there are many, 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 many. And I don't remember anything to do with electricity. Partly because like when this was... Ha- like, like the fairy tales were collected, first published in 1812. So mm. they were collected the previous 10 years. So they're all being collected in like 1800 in like rural Germany. Like these are folk tales. These are not like courtly tales. These are not educated tales. These are folk tales, which means that like... Yeah. Uh, keep in mind electricity ben franklin was doing experiments with electricity in the late 1700s so like electricity is not really a known thing lightning would be a known thing Mm -hmm. in fairy tales anyways but this again this isn't even a fairy tale this is leo tolstoy so i i i mm, there's something so there's some kind of like a fair happening or some kind of like love triangle because, like, why would the husband be killed with the wife in his arms, but then still haunt the house trying to find his wife?
1: Yeah. I mean, the suggestion is that the wife is with a lover. Right. The right? wife is
0: with the lover. Or, like, the wife, like, the lover got jealous and went and ended up killing the wife for being with the husband or something. I don't know. That I don't...
1: sounds more like
0: a... More like something Hollywood would do? No. Oh, Newsflash. Yeah. Well...
1: <laughs> No, who's the guy at Chaucer? It, it, oh, Chaucer. <laughs> Canter- it sounds Canterbury more like a Canterbury Tales, tale. The Miller's tale. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, I can see that. I can see that. So, so yeah, it's some kind, some kind of love triangle. There's got to be some kind of love triangle, and either the husband killed both of them and is now there, or the, uh, that's where I got. What have you got? I've been talking a lot. What have you got? Cool.
1: Okay, so... The thing is, is that when the the electrocution happens of Roy or Ray upstairs,
0: is Ray upstairs? Was Ray the kid upstairs or I was Ray the he, kid downstairs? I think he was the guy. Let's upstairs. just call him Doofus. Let's just call him Doofus because he's uh, definitely I, a Doofus. I think
1: that might be an offensive word now. I don't
0: know. Okay, when shaggy hair man upstairs.
1: Yes, <laughs> when not Dean. When not when not
0: Dean. Yes, when not Dean gets killed.
1: <laughs> yeah, when he gets killed, we actually see a shot of the thing that is killing him. Yes, and it is a, a being who looks sort of short and is in a red and black checkered like flannel shirt. Wow,
0: you noticed the flannel. Sh- I did has, not notice this at all. And he
1: has a green head like full on alien <laughs> he's, jerky he, he's a
0: lumberjack alien
1: alien from like that you you know when you buy jerky <laughs> jerky on your way to on in when you stop in baker from LA to to vegas, vegas. yes yeah <laughs> he's he looks like the alien jerky guy so i i know there are no aliens in in Grimm's fairy tales I know there are no small green (laughs) men from Mars. Are you
0: saying there are aliens in Tolstoy? Is that what you're saying?
1: No, no, this is grim. This this show was originally called Wild Ass Guesses. Yes, so I and I have no freaking clue. So I'm just gonna go with alien alien the alien had been befriended by some adults out in the woods and the alien lived with these people and accidentally electrocuted them and is now waiting for his home ship to come pick him up like et style and he time is different for the alien and so he's stuck on this planet in you know by this house waiting for eternity i guess he gets out and so that's why he has lumberjack shirts i don't know <laughs> uh,
0: he, he raids the closet for lumberjack shirts. yeah
1: yeah occasionally but yeah otherwise he just he's sort of like bigfoot he's just sort of like a really bigfoot, bigfoot waiting to be picked up bigfoot by so you so you
0: so your guess is an alien bigfoot with electrical powers yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is a swing herd <laughs> <laughs> it's just alien bigfoot with electrical powers that is that is not just putting a hat on it that is putting a hat on a hat on a hat i love it
1: <laughs> we've been seeing a lot of those kinds of storylines
0: oh that's just your typical alien bigfoot with electrical power story watching... whatever what a cl- old cliche in the book we were... boy meets girl boy loses girl they both get killed by an alien Bigfoot with electrical powers. We all know that one. Tale as old as time.
1: It's just a new twist.
0: That old, that old chestnut, man. Okay.
1: I, I was, I, you know, I was watching Fantasia two thousand the other day, <laughs> just... and it opens with whales that fly, and then are taken to the alien mothership. Like, I'm sorry, that is just a hat on a hat on a hat. What the F? <laughs> We're
0: not here to talk about Fantasia 2000. No. Okay. I
1: know. <laughs> All right. I, I'm just saying, if those kids from Kellarts can do it... <laughs> this is so grim. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm here for it. Okay. Wait, but you got me thinking about kids, though. So what... You got me thinking about kids. Okay. 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 I've got two things here. I've got two things here. One, maybe it's not a lover's triangle. Maybe it is... Okay. So maybe... It is that the husband and wife didn't know that they had these, uh, like, fairy powers somehow. Like, it was latent in them. You know what I mean? Like, it just Mm. skipped a generation. They don't have the fairy powers. But they got, it was like a recessive gene. Like, they both carried a recessive gene for red hair and uh, fairy tale monster. Uh, And the kid didn't get red hair but did get fairy tale monster. So, like, the parents ended up giving birth to this kid who had these special powers but didn't realize it. And somehow like they got into a fight or the kid had its first temper tantrum or whatever and just these electrical powers just came out of it and just zapped the zapped a mother and father and killed them both. And that's why he stays there because he's not looking for his lover. He's not looking for his wife. He's oh. looking for his mom. He's looking yeah. for his dad oh, and he doesn't know what sad. to do and he doesn't know where to go. So there's that Are you going to stick with that? No. Well, here's the, Okay, so okay. here's the other thing. You here's, have another. I yes. do. I do have another one. So what if, what if, they were doing like they knew that they were witches they the knew husband that the husband and wife were witches they witch did and witch and warlock sure they but they did know they had powers and they were trying to do some kind of like i'm not going to call it sex magic but they were trying to do something where they would create like another like they were so in love they were so in, enmeshed in each other they wanted to create like they literally wanted to create one creature out of the two of them like they wanted to somehow like voltron into one thing and they mm. were using this magic mm-hmm. and they did it it worked somehow. They like invoked this power and this electricity, and it blasted their physical forms. And it created this other this other creature that is now trapped to this. But because it's just so freaking weird, being this one new thing instead of the two people, it's like kind of like little like schizophrenic. It's crazy. It doesn't know what to do. It's trapped in this body. It doesn't know what it is, and it's just lashing out and raging and trying to separate once again back out into each other. Oh, so what if so yes. what if they created this like hybrid monster of the two of themselves i like
1: that oh i like that if that's not the story you should write it okay <laughs> all right all right
0: so we've got alien bigfoot with electrical powers mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's mine
0: that's yours or we've got the they were creating they were trying to do a magic spell to create a third being and they're both somehow trapped inside that third being. i
1: really like that i hope that that's what it is all i'm right. rooting for you oh,
0: i'm rooting for you this bigfoot alien
1: no you're not you want to win <laughs> you're, darn I right know I you. you're darn right i do you're darn right i
0: do all right we'll be right back There's a phrase, and I think I may have already used this on the pod once before. It's called being too clever for your own boots. I'm not sure what exactly it means. It just means you're making things a little too complicated. I guess that's kind of easy to do for a mystery show. Sometimes you make things complicated. Sometimes you just don't need to. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it was just a love triangle, people. It was just a love triangle. And there was a Brazilian monster with the powers of electricity and it was the spurned husband and he killed the lover and the wife thank you and good night that's it
1: yeah no aliens (laughs) no
0: no alien bigfoot with electrical powers no 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 love magic trying to create this third thing that was then like haunted and trapped no it was just the spurned husband got angry and killed his wife and her lover when he found them in bed yeah. and then was posing as a homeless man because he couldn't let it go so he just walked the neighborhood as a homeless man and kept returning kept to the house to sleep at night the house. yeah that's it there you go that's all i mean i could i could give you the whole episode recap but no we're not going to recap we're just going to say that nick and hank find the wife of the man who was involved in the love triangle and and she says she knew that he was cheating on her with this other wife. And so she went to tell the husband and she never would have told the husband if she knew what the husband was because she knew the husband was this monster with electrical powers or this Vessin with elect- electrical powers and she never would have done it. And so she's convinced that it's not the husband and the wife who were found dead. It was the, hus- it was the wife and her husband, the man she was cheating on with and the real husband stetson came home found them killed them and yes and was just somehow wandering around still there so she went to the house to kill stetson nick and his crew showed up just in time after learning how to defeat the horrible monsters whose name i'm not even going to try and pronounce and they defeat the monster yay end of show i will say this i really liked i really liked this they, uh, the only way to defeat this monster is to take, so the monster is Brazilian, and you. the only way to defeat it is to take this dried skin of a poisonous frog, so the skin of a frog that is poisonous, and has been made into this powder. You have to rub the powder into a paste, and then put the paste into a the hole that you make in an ear so you have to pierce your ear and then rub the paste into the ear and somehow this makes you immune to electricity electricians do not try this on your next job this is is a pierced ear will not protect you from electricity please don't do this at home maybe yeah we'll say that maybe so unless unless you're a grim and you know this for certain take proper precautions around electricity
1: yeah 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 agreed And then there's uh, other storylines, you know, going on with
0: Juliet is turning into a hex and beast witch and she doesn't know how to fix it. And something is happening to the captain and the captain is having bullet holes on him. I'm sure it would mean something if we'd watched the whole season and
1: disappear and bleed and stop bleeding.
0: And Monroe and Rosalie literally they just they make wish they they show up once in one scene FaceTiming with people and they're like, wait, is everything okay?" Yeah. So they know that something's wrong with Juliet, even if Nick doesn't. But Nick kind of knows.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One. The interesting thing is the guy who was upstairs and killed Fried. Yeah. The ghost, the, hunter, the, the ghost guy, hunter. His character name and the actor's name actually are both ray oh like ghostbusters. Ray. Yes, like ghostbusters except that ghostbusters ray lives and this right guy this did guy not... does
0: this guy did not live and besides he's not he a ghostbuster fried. he's not a ghost hunter they make it very clear that he's oh. a ghost seeker they oh. are ghost seekers okay. because everybody needed to know that we are not stepping on anyone's trademark <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. don't sue us bro <laughs> so there you go that was the episode once again, we have struck out, although I have to admit, it was valiant effort. I'm sorry. I'm like <laughs> alien yeah, Bigfoot with electrical like powers. Your, well, I, I still let him. I like that yours. Still...
1: <laughs> I still like yours.
0: We're going down swinging. We're going down. We're going down swinging. Wild ass guesses. We, we don't promise a lot, we do promise wild ass guesses. <laughs> All right. So now that now that you have all the spoilers, we're going to talk a little bit more about some people and things in the episode that maybe we didn't want to talk about at first to give anything away. So Jessica, tell us what you've learned.
1: Yeah. So I mean, this isn't like giving it away or anything, but the uh, just to talk about the creators real quick. Well, actually, let's talk about the director. He, this is his only episode of Grimm, but he has done so much Law & Order, like every Type of Law and Order, (laughs) so many episodes. So it makes me think maybe he just didn't have time (laughs) to come back. Maybe he didn't. Yeah,
0: they kept booking me on Law and Order.
1: So yeah, I'm just gonna stay in New York and do Law and Order. You know, because otherwise you got to go to Portland.
0: Yeah, you got to fly from New York to Portland, and that's just you know who wants to fly overnight. I mean, it's just no fun.
1: Yeah, Portland's beautiful. Portland is beautiful. Take a weekend in Portland, but uh, we highly
0: we highly recommend Portland. Maybe
1: he had family, didn't want to be far away. Sure. So the creators were Stephen Carpenter, David Greenwalt, and Jim Koof. And Stephen, I mean, we just briefly say he is also known for The Power, which is about an Aztec doll that curses the people that come in possession of it. And another show called Blue Streak, or maybe that was a movie, about a convict who possesses, who, who poses as a cop. And Oh, yeah. That's um, a Martin
0: Lawrence movie, isn't it?
1: Is it? Oh, I think that might is be, yeah. I think be, that's yeah. a Martin
0: Lawrence movie. Yeah. I watch I watched that New Year's Eve 2000.
1: Oh okay <laughs> yeah. So he tries to go steal it back. So he's yes. he's one of the creators. The second creator, David Greenwald, he's also known for a movie called Profit, which is about using any means necessary to get ahead, including bribery, blackmail, intimidation, extortion, etc. And so I assume he is presumably in this because he's an expert on crimes
0: sure absolutely uh, um, it, it, and, and, the, and if there's one way i can tell that anything overlaps it's serious crime drama and brazilian electrical monsters okay
1: well all right i mean there's you, you really
0: need the law expertise for that i mean how else would you have known that you have to <laughs> pierce your ear i'm not there,
1: saying he's a lawyer i'm just saying
0: i'm just saying he knows from crime
1: this was his thing that he
0: was doing i swear i swear to you people like i i I really, I loved that. I did love the pierce your ear bit where they have to pierce the guys. Like, I'm not piercing my ear. Works for Hank. All right, I'll pierce my ear. And they do. They Before before going into the, like literally it's the climax of the episode. Before they go into the haunted house, he's like, oh shit, I can't go in. I have to pierce my ear. And they're piercing the guy's ear before they go into the shop and before they go into the house. And Carol, is it Carol, who's one of the ghost seekers? Yeah. Carol is like, what are you doing what kind of cops are you it's a it is a really great like pause for humor moment it's really yes
1: nice. yeah yeah and the third creator in this for the show sure is jim koof and he has also been know- he is known for national treasure he is the oh, creator okay. i have of seen none of those written screenplay and created the characters and i think some of the other ones might have been have some inf- other writers involved but he's credited all the way across huh. um for all of that what do you know? and he was also one of the first writers on rush hour um the, both the TV move or both the movie and the TV show that has been recent, uh, all three of the creators are credited along with Jeff Miller, who has written also for shows The Event and Trauma. So there are two other interesting producers Stop that are in this me. show: Sean Hayes from Sean Will and Hayes, Grace yes. is a producer on this show, and also Helen Pye from Gilmore Girls. Gilmore famous because uh, she struck up a friendship with Amy Sherman Palladino and like was just did so by the end of Gilmore Girls was pretty much doing everything. And the character Helen, not Helen, the character Elaine Kim is kind of based on Helen Pye. Interesting Interesting side note. And anyway, but the people that I really wanted to talk about on this show are the hair and makeup people. And I just
0: all the shout outs.
1: Quickly want to give a shout out to everybody on the team, but I particularly want to talk about the special effects people. So so just real quickly the the makeup and hair team, heads of department Karina Woodcock and Laura Hill are heads of department in makeup. And then in hair, Doreen Van Tyne. And then staff makeup and hair artists include, or and stylists include, John Gardner, Ruth Ann Lutz, Terry Lodge, Autumn Sanders, and Ann Celery. But special effects makeup by Mike Smithson and Barney Berman. Okay, these guys... So Mike Smithson, as far as I can tell, has worked on so many interesting things, including Avatar. He was, I think, head of department makeup creator in Avatar. I mean, the blue people. But his first thing that he ever did was Captain EO.
0: (laughs) What? Yeah.
1: He was a sculptor and cosmetics person. He also worked on Teen Wolf. He also worked on Ghostbusters. He is uncredited, with, but he did body effects on Patrick Swayze for Ghost. Wow. He also worked on Jersey Boys, Pirates of the Caribbean, and he got to play a Klingon helmsman in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier.
0: That is fantastic. I love that. And
1: he was nominated many times by the Makeup and Hair Guild for Grimm and for other things. Now, Barney Berman is... As far as I can tell, something of a legend in makeup and hair. Okay. He is also the son of legend Thomas Berman, who is one of the creators of the Planet of the Apes oh, makeup. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, John Chambers. It was the primary um, designer and of the Planet of the Apes look, but Thomas Berman was his assistant. And has done many interviews for it. Now, it's interesting because Barney Berman, who worked on Grimm and is a special effects artist on Grimm, um, he was the makeup artist on the latest Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay, yeah. So, and his father still works, too. Really? Yeah, so so he's still alive and still doing film. Why not? And he still has credits, but Barney took up the mantle with the, the new Planet of the Apes. So Barney Berman it, he was an actor and a makeup artist. Uh, he, he, artist He, 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 he was, was an artist. He's on, the
0: artist of the makeup artists.
1: On Star Trek 3, the search for Spock in 1984. Spoiler
0: alert, they found Spock.
1: <laughs> but he played a bar alien. It's hilarious <laughs> like I was like, oh my gosh, like, the bar of alien. I think it's just a thing. Like, if you can do somebody else's makeup, it's really because you wanted to do makeup on yourself and you wanted to make yourself look awesome. And no, so it's oh, like well, think, all okay, these sure. makeup artists are like, you know, doing themselves up and going in. And, well, I also think like, it's a fun little like playing on stage. That,
0: abs- that I think is more like, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: Oh, who can say? Um, who can
0: say? But I do love the idea of all these makeup artists being like, I'm going to get in some alien makeup and just be a bar patron over here.
1: Yeah. So his career has spanned every genre of comedy, music videos, action adventure, sci-fi thriller, horror, of course, uh, TV and film, including X-Files, Angel, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, like I said, Planet of the Apes, Men in Black, the Jackass movies, what? Matrix Reloaded. The Jackass I know, movies? It's kinda crazy to me that he's worked on Jack the Jackass movies. Well, I mean, no, well, okay. because is he putting fake like
0: I think, no, I think what he's doing on, in those movies. I know in one of them, Johnny Knoxville gets made up as a really old guy and wanders around with oh. as an old guy with like his robe open okay. and his testicles hanging out of his boxer briefs <laughs> as a really old man. So I wonder if the I wonder if Barney he is, Barney is responsible for Johnny Knoxville's testicles hanging out yes, of his. Yes, probably. He's probably at the very least he's responsible for making Johnny Knoxville look like an old man.
1: Yes, yeah. He also worked on *John of the <laughs> good, Dead*.
0: Good job with the testicles, sir. <laughs> good job. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> that, that i think i'm sorry i think that just needs to be done like how many people can you say this to good job on the testicles sir like him him and probably the makeup artist on there. something about mary good job on the testicles caught in the zipper sir or ma'am how many other times do you get to say that tip of the hat good job on the testicles
1: <laughs> yes He's also worked on Chuck, Dawn of the Dead. I liked Chuck. The 2009 Star Trek. What do you call that? Like the reboot? The one with J.J. Abrams?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The alternate universe, whatever one that was.
1: Dawn of the Dead. Did I say that? Mm -hmm. Tropic Thunder.
0: Oh, oh my goodness.
1: (laughs) And as of late, he did the latest Borat. Um, definitely some makeup in that one. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. So here's another thing about him. He is also a film producer, director, and writer. One of them is called Wild Boar, followed up by Barney Berman's Wild Boar with the tagline, a small group of treasure hunters, also known as geocachers, trek into the desert to conquer a geocache challenge. Out in the wild they stumble upon a forbidden world flooded with radiation and inhabited by bloodthirsty mutants who have evolved from pigs. He also wrote
0: (laughs) That's a great translation. Great transition there. He also
1: He also wrote a film called Piranha Sharks.
0: (laughs) You're doing the Lord's work, Barney. You are doing the Lord's work.
1: sharks. This guy. And he also has the coolest IMDb photo. Like, the coolest. I'm going to show this to you and then everybody needs to look it up. We'll, we'll put it in the Berman. notes. Right? <laughs> he looks that like an old Alaskan fisherman. No, or, not
0: Alaskan. New England. Definitely some grumpy old New England fisherman. But
1: who's a painter, right? I mean, he...
0: Oh, yeah. Definitely a little he bit of is, a Van Gogh look right there.
1: Van Gogh. He totally has a Van Gogh look there. Yes. I wonder if that's even... If he's
0: he's definitely referencing some kind of like yeah 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 yeah. that is hilarious that is hilarious. Kind
1: of where your beard is going, honestly. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So this guy, the bomb, he was nominated also by the Makeup and Hair Guild for Grim and some other things, and he's he's awesome. We saw him do two characters in this episode, the ghost. And, mm. Which, looks which like turned out to be
0: the Brazilian electrical monster. Uh, yeah. Yes,
1: sorry, yes, correct. And then the owl lady. The owl lady was really
0: good. Like that yeah. was like it was like not only was it, like the makeup and the like was it done really well, but like the actress they cast for it, like they made yeah. her like making her up look normal to then also but also look owly when she she what they when you transform into your like fairy self or your like monster self it's called woging in this world so when she wogged into being an owl person and then wogged back to reality it was it was just well done well like she looked yeah. really good as an owl and even like as a real person how they made her up to still have that owlness about her was really great
1: yeah and these character it's so it's i i don't know how it must feel for them because all it seems like every episode when they do wog it's so short it's just this, like, you know. Yeah, it's a really second. Qu- it's a really quick flicker, flicker, and then that's it.
0: Yeah, and, and then they're not in that makeup for a long time, so that's I mean, that's interesting because you got to figure. I mean, I I would have thought that they were doing the CGI, but if they're doing like the actual fun, fi- and I'm sure they are doing CGI for the transitioning, but like the final bit, if they're doing the final bit with practical makeup on these people, just think about that. Think about how many hours these people have to sit in a chair and sculpt this makeup this look on them for literally it's less than a minute of film yeah that's
1: incredible yeah it's really fantastic so that's that's some interesting stuff on on that on, on show. bonnie berman on there this, you go yeah. that's the
0: show don't overthink it <laughs> that's the lesson we learned today which is really funny because last week we definitely didn't think it enough this yeah. week we overthought it too much and uh well, there you go. Lesson learned.
1: No logic. Well, the logic cop segment—if we were going to do that—that that would probably the that would the the ear piercing. I think. Well, no,
0: <laughs> no, no. I the logic cop. I will the logic. The logic judge is ruling that that is totally not a logic cop situation because oh. within the world that they have created, absolutely, I'll give it to them. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Yep pierce your ear, put this on their comedy. Like, at no point are you going to say, that wouldn't happen in reality. Well, none of this would have happened in reality. So, you you know what I mean? Like, like if I think for a logic cop or something like this, it would have to be something like, wait a minute. You said she was an owl. Why is she now behaving like a fox? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that would be a logic cop thing for something like this. But, like, okay. just the fact that he had to pierce his ear, I'm going to give them that joke all night and day.
1: I, what's the thing called? The trailer that they have is still silly i mean it's really enjoyable i love that set but it's gigantic it's way bigger oh the the trailer yes okay so so what so
0: i got confused there you're not referring to a trailer like a movie trailer so yes in this world nick as as i almost called him a witcher nick as a grim as a monster hunter has a trailer like an old 60s airstream aluminum trailer that on the inside is outfitted to be like your English alchemist's library with like old leather-bound books and all sorts of medieval weapons and a, a spice rack that spins around that has, well, wouldn't you know, dried frog paste. But yes, there's one of those things where it's like, that trailer is not that big. This is absolutely a set. Yes, okay, I i will give you a Logic Cop for that. That trailer wouldn't be that big on the inside. Sure, yes.
1: Yeah. You win Logic, logic Cop. I'll give you this Whenever they collar. go into that trailer, I am always like such a beautiful set it is not in that freaking trailer and I did I think it was a little silly I mean it's so much fun but it's silly that he just walks over to this spinning spice rack which you know and in my house would have like, in my growing up house is what I mean, mm-hmm. would have like old cream of tartar. <laughs> uh, some turmeric that hasn't some been used. that hasn't in... been used. Yeah, forever. But Maybe yeah. some pumpkin spice that had been used in like 1979. But you know, on his, it's dried frog paste and some other things. And he just spins it around. Yeah, it's just it around. sitting oh, out on yeah. the table. And somehow
0: labeled like, well enough that he'd be like, oh, there it is. Frog paste.
1: Yeah. It, it looks like... A bunch of um not spirits. What's the stuff that you put bitters. in? Bitters. Yeah. It looked like a thing of bitters.
0: That's hilarious. Here's some bitters. <laughs> what I wanna see is what I wanna see is he just took some he just took some highly toxic chemicals, rubbed it into a paste, opened a wound into his body, straight into his bloodstream. Ugh. And put it in there. I want to know. He's going to be tripping balls in about an hour. He's just going to be like high as a kite, having some like crazy mind expanding. Experience. Yeah, he just goes
1: back to work. He to just goes do back paperwork. to work. Yeah,
0: it's just paperwork. I want to see. I want to see how that paperwork gets filled out. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's my tag to this one. Nick, what do you mean by the walls are melting rainbows? That's not a crime, dude. Totally. Let's spin the big All wheel. Right. And where did we? what are we watching next?
1: We are watching Prime Suspect.
0: Ooh, what s- is that?
1: Starring Helen Mirren. Lovely. It's a female detective who is investigating serial killers and dealing with her sexist work comrades. And it's, I think, one of the things that made her super famous.
0: All right. Helen Mirren solving murders. What could be better?
1: See you then. See you then. Not be a
0: what? I think it was a parallel reverberant surface, I think yes. is what I said. Yes. A
1: parallel. Sound gets
0: reflected everywhere.
1: Perturbant.
0: Perturbant. Parallel perturbant surface. surface. Maybe that's the name of our podcast. <laughs> and welcome to Parallel Protuberant Surface.